0: Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
2: Hello and welcome into Winging It, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm your host, Annie Finberg, joined by number 15, the now retired Mr. Vince Carter.
0: VC still in the house.
2: He's still here. I'm still in the house too. Yeah. And joining us today, we are very excited, Vince's good friend, American sportscaster and former professional football player and legend in general, Ahmad Rashad.
3: Yeah, I was number 28.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Number and 28. You can actually say he played in the NBA. You can not say that. He played He played an NBA basketball game.
3: You know what? I tell Michael that every single day. He ain't playing no football game. He's <laughs> like, hey, man, I played. actually played in an NBA game and scored. And scored, and they ran the play for you. That, that's, that's right. That's right. Oh, not to mention that it was the only basket I made in the four days I was in camp, but it didn't matter. I made it, hey, when it, it didn't counted. matter.
0: You made it when it counted. Exactly.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a wonderful look back. You know, the, the strange thing is me sitting here looking at you. I knew you when you were a baby. Yes. You know, when you just came in the league. But, you know, this is what I want to say. And this is, because I'm sure a lot of people have never seen this. The greatest, the two greatest dunks that I've ever seen in my life, and I've been watching NBA for 60 years, not that I'm not, I'm only 39, but right. I've been NBA for 60 years. First <laughs> of all, was the one where you jumped a seven foot something guy that you came out and jumped over the top of the guy and jammed the ball. It was just the most unbelievable thing I'd ever seen in my life. I want to know from you, what were you thinking?
0: That's the thing. I wasn't thinking about it. Like I never imagined uh, in my life uh, that I'd jump over a guy my height. Much less a guy who was seven feet, seven two, or whatever, who's counting. Um, so it was just like reaction, and and the moon and stars were lined up correctly where I was able to not over, jump over him and make the dunk and not right. get hurt. You know, right. so it was one of those things. <laughs> because I, let me say this: I tried it again after the Olympics over a guy who was like my height, six five, six six, and it didn't work
3: out too well. <laughs> it didn't. I almost yeah, hurt it, myself. It was so incredible. It just, it was otherworldly. Because I had to run it back a bunch of times. It's like, did he just jumped over the top of that dude's head. the dude's seven feet, two? Yep. Yes. Just pop, and you just popped right over him. Wasn't like he ran and jumped. It's like he drew He's he just popped right over him and dumped the ball.
0: I never would imagine it.
3: No, that was pretty good. And the other yeah. one was, uh, and I think this was in Oakland. At the All-Star game in Oakland, this one? Many,
0: many. We said it's over? It's all yeah. over. <laughs> Nobody
3: know need to do nothing else after this. This is a great <laughs> nice dunk. It was such a great dunk. And young kids that, that haven't seen it, or they see these dunks that they see now, they need to just reel it back a little bit and take a look at it from way back in the day. Because I'm telling you, that was just, it took that whole dunk contest to another level.
0: Thank you. It was. It was my goal to... Well, my goal—I'll say this—is to was to to show the world what I could do, right? And you know, and and the excitement for me was uh, to actually just participate in it because it's something I watched as a youngster for years and years and years. I taped it; I had it on tape. Uh, my mom recently just sent me a DVD. She copied all all of my VH t- uh, VHS tapes to a DVD of the old dunk contest that I used to uh, tape right. to watch. And it still has the the squiggly lines because I watched it so much. (laughs) But, you know, that's it. So it's just kind of cool to see.
3: It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm glad that I got a chance to see it. Yes.
2: I was going to ask what the squiggly lines were, but um, you explained
0: it. Yeah, for sure. When you watch the tape a lot, you know, or rewind, just like the the cassette tapes, it starts to (laughs) lose its quality.
2: Hmm. It was only 40 years
3: ago.
0: That's it. Lee.
2: <laughs> I wasn't quite around yet. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed. Uh, <laughs> old man Vince here. All right, let's talk about you, Ahmad. So I want to just talk about, you know, one thing that I know you very well for is your relationship with Michael, your relationship with a lot of players, and just how well-respected you are around the league. Talk to me about some of those those relationships, especially with Michael Jordan, and just kind of how it shaped you as a broadcaster, if at all. <sighs>
3: Well, I think that one of the things that people don't realize is that during my athletic career, these guys that were NBA, they knew who I was. It wasn't like I was just some, all of a sudden, a reporter that showed up to sort of do basketball. I, I know all about pro sports. I know how the locker room works. I know the guys. So it wasn't like just Michael. It was like we had the same sort of relationship. It was – and guys would, uh, and I had this show called Inside Stuff where they don't need Inside Stuff now because they got the internet so and do all that stuff. But if you ever made it to Inside Stuff, you made it. It was one of those things where you were a legitimate star. If you were never on that show, you weren't a legitimate star. You just weren't. You had to make it to that show. But being around the guys, I think they sort of looked at me as a former athlete. They looked at me like they were looking in the mirror. I'm mm-hmm. not like, They were looking at some outsider that's sneaking to trying to find some, whatever it was. I sort of knew how that all worked. And I knew how much respect I had for all of them because they were doing something that a very small percentage of people in the world could do. And I wasn't looking at them as a, looking up to them. I was looking across as professionals. We were all professionals. And I think it was, I I like to hope that some of the things that I was doing sort of led guys to the point where they want to do that when they finish playing. There was a sort of a, was sort of a role model thing doing that. So that at some point we all get a chance to do that. When I was playing, there were not many African American sportscasters doing anything for, for any of that. So I think what most people don't really realize that is the relationship that Michael and I had basketball, this kind of thing. I had that with all the guys. Now Michael and I are, are very dear friends. So that's a little bit different. But as far as the other part, I had a real good relationship with all the guys in the league.
0: I got a question to that. I've always actually wanted to know. So you played football and you were very successful in football, but yet you had an unbelievable run and a lot of success in the NBA as a broadcaster. Did you was it one of those things that just so happened, or was it a a goal and a dream and passion of yours to work in the basketball field outside of football? Like how did that happen? Because that's something you don't see. And when you see it, it's like, as an athlete, like, yeah, like you said, I respect you, the the football player that's an athlete, has success. But, like, you broke into to the, to the basketball world and was extremely knowledgeable. Yes, you know, you, you're an athlete and you get it, but extremely knowledgeable where you said you gained the trust of a lot of star players with that. How did you, like, what, how did that come about?
3: So I went to college on a basketball football scholarship. I played mm-hmm. both in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And, I, and during the offseason, even when I was playing football, I played with a lot of NBA players. I played with Lucius Allen or Kareem or a lot of guys that we pick up games. Back in the day, we had pickup games everywhere. They don't do that now because everybody's probably, probably too busy doing what they're doing. But at that point, you can walk into a gym and see 8, 10, 12 NBA stars playing a pickup game. So, and I would play in those games. But I had a career uh, plan I always wanted to be a sportscaster, uh, journalist, and so when I my last five years playing football in Minnesota, I worked full time for a CBS affiliate station. I I did uh, a, a live show every Sunday night after the football games, and and Monday I did a show at five o'clock with the news anchor. It was called Ask Ahmad, so they would call and ask me all kinds of different questions about all kinds of different stuff. And on Thursday, I did a feature on any sport or anything I wanted to do, except that I had to go out and shoot it. I had to write it. I had to present it. I had to do all these things. And for five years, I did this. I also had a radio show in Minnesota. So by the time I decided to, to, my goal was I didn't want to play. I wanted to leave on my own. I wasn't going to be one of them guys that played and they cut me. I was leaving before that. And I left at the top of my game you know, four straight Pro Bowls, MVP, all I said, right at the time of my game, I left and I had an opportunity to go to uh, NBC, ABC, or CBS, either one of them, all those three. And I picked NBC because they let me do everything. They let me do football. They let me do track and field. I did baseball. They used to have a show on called Sports World. I don't know if you guys remember that. But on the weekends, they would do sports from all over the world. car racing, bodybuilding. Um, all kinds of crazy sports and it was like, like wide world of sports it was every weekend they would do these things so when I went to work for, for, for NBC my offers for, for the other two networks were to be a football analyst to go on every Sunday, I wouldn't take that job I don't want to be a football analyst I want to be the guy that's going to be there for 20 years 30 years as long as I want so I wouldn't take that opportunity I remember Howard Cosell begged me to come to ABC but it was only to do football I didn't want to do, I wanted to do everything. So while I was at, while I was at NBC, I, I got to do World Series and all these kinds of things. And this is what I've been practicing for, because I wanted to do it as a, as a uh, career. I didn't want to be the guy that was the all-pro football analyst for three or four years until the next all-pro quit, and they fired me and put him in. I want the other chair, the chair where that guy don't move. Let me welcome the next guy in. So for as long as I do. And I really enjoyed all of this. And all the stuff I had done locally really helped me. So when people saw me on television, they went, man, that guy's a natural. I was not a natural. I made all my st- mistakes in Minnesota. So if I had a bad show on TV, Sunday I caught two, three touchdown passes. They forgot all about that.
4: Right, <laughs> so, right, so it right, wasn't right.
3: That pressure was kind of, okay, well, you can still play football. To the point where I got pretty smooth by the time I got to the network. I looked like I had just been a natural to go to it. Now, NBC lost football. And we didn't have football anymore. But we got basketball. I think it was 1990 or something. So when we went to get basketball, David Stern called me and said, hey, we got this show called Inside Stuff. He said, the only thing that's that's kind of shaky right now that some of the guys are saying, well, he's a football guy. He goes, you know, he's a football guy. So why wouldn't you just hire a basketball guy? So, you know, we had that conversation back and forth. And David finally went, well, you know what? No, I'm going to go with you. I want you to do it because I think this is going to really work. I think it'll be a great thing. And not only that, he made me not only the executive producer, but the managing editor, which means I had control over all, every feature that we get, I had control over. Everything that was set on the air, I had control over. And that was a huge Elite. I don't think there was any other African American that had a job like that. And the fact that Michael was such a big star, the first game that we had, we uh, it was in it was in Los Angeles. It was a, a thing that Magic Johnson used to put on called uh, a Summer Night's Dream, where all the players would come and play in a charity game. And I played, you know, I
0: right I played in? in. I played in the the, the revised version.
3: Okay, because it was it wasn't like the All Star game. It was a real game. Back yeah. then, the guy was like, "Hey, man, I ain't come out of here to get to my dump on right. my head." So it was right. like, and so that's the first that night I met Michael. I had not met him before that time. The only time I had seen him play was John McEnroe called me one time and said, "Hey, you seen this guy, in North Carolina, Jordan?" I went, now. So that next Sunday, we sat in the living room and watched him. That's the first time I seen him play. I'd heard about him, so I met him at that game, and we we just kind of hit it off. We changed numbers. And we probably talked to each other every day from then till now. And that was, and, and, the, and, the, and the important thing about that was because he was such a big star in the NBA, that my show, Inside Stuff, had access to him whenever I wanted. It's like, you know, hey man, I need you to just anything, say I'll watch it, anything like that. So that was kind of important. But it was also important that the respect that their other players gave him, they sort of gave me the same respect. And it was one of those things where I think guys loved to be on that show. We had nothing but fun. There was never any negative things we were trying to do. We were trying to show people what these guys were like off the court and how natural and normal they were. Because my interviews were not interviews. They were just conversations. Conversation. And that's something that I always tried to do my entire career, was interviews should be a conversation. Those are ones that are, are interesting. Not that I ask you a question, you answer. I ask you a question, We just a, and, and, I, and I also never had a television persona. What you see is pretty – am I the same every time I see you?
1: Yeah, so, for sure. So
3: I, I never had that. So that made it yeah. more comfortable too. And what, I tell you another thing that helped that we didn't have a budget. Uh, our budget, would, I could be sitting down in my office and say, hey, man, where's that guy from? Kazakhstan or something? They go, yeah, he's from Kazakhstan. I said, let's go over there and do a story on how he got in the NBA. Boom, on the plane gone. We did that for 20 years. It didn't matter. And what about the guy in China? Boom, on the plane, gone. Where you guys want to go next? We'll go to Turkey. Boom, on there. So it was one of those kind of things that made it a lot of fun. But I really think that it was during the era that the NBA was getting bigger and better and more global.
0: Global.
3: And we were coming along. I think that show was on in 200 countries. You know, when we showed up, one night like, nobody knew who we were. It was like everybody knew who they, who they were because... We were promoting all the stars that were in the league. And so it just, it's like the stars were all, like you were saying before, everything was aligned during that time. It fit perfectly. It all right. fit perfectly. If you want to get some inside stuff on the NBA, only place you could get it was Saturday morning. You know, now guy can get it off Twitter.
0: Right. And I will say this I, uh, I recall coming into the NBA, and like you said, you knew you made it. Uh, if you, Appeared or you 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 had a small feature or talked about on your show. So uh, I remember one of one of the first times uh, being taught you talking about or doing a small feature on me and then and seeing it, it was like man this is <laughs> uh, this is it this is legit. So I, I you know I, I can recall that and I you know obviously remember um, matter of fact it was a feature on Tracy and I. I want to say uh, we were just talking about how we were family and playing together and all of that stuff. So uh, it, was, it was it was definitely something you, you would look forward to.
3: Yeah, no, I remember all those. And I had a chance. I got a chance to promote. I love saying Air Canada. I would just run it in the ground. I, anybody had, I run them things right in the ground. Air Canada, <laughs> my man, I Air Canada. But whatever, it was. It was. I, I, it was like almost. I, I always wanted to make it feel like the people watching would feel like they're part of it. Right. You know. And now that I hear people that say things about us, and they couldn't wait for Saturday morning. They watched it every single week, and and that just makes me feel good because we really had a – and Willow Bay, don't let me forget her, she was absolutely Mm -hmm. great. She was the best side co-host that I ever had in any sport doing anything because I had a tendency to bounce all off the walls. She would just keep us right on the road. I'd be bouncing off over here, and the way we did that show, there were no retakes. I wouldn't let anybody do a retake. If you screwed up, you just talked your way out of it. You said the wrong thing, keep talking, because we're not going to do this over. I wanted to look just like these people were in the house, like we would be talking, we're all here. Nobody gets to go, hey, wait, let me start again. There are no starting again. You mess up, you just messed up, and just keep on going. That was the key to that show, that no one else, that people didn't know, that, man, you didn't get no, nobody got this Hey, wait, wait, can we start over? Nope, you can't start over, so you better dig yourself out, because it's normal, it's abnormal when people talk and never make a mistake. They never make a mistake. I like that. I can't. Yes, that's a bad I wouldn't even want to. You know, if you had a class where the teacher wasn't entertaining and he just went la 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 la, that's all I heard was la 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 la. When, when we would mess up on names or. Let me just tell you this one thing. Um, so my big thing on there was calling people my main man. Yeah, that's my main man. That's the man. Yeah. You know where I came from? My father didn't know any of my friends' names, so he called them all his main men. We <laughs> go over the house. <laughs> hey, hey, main man, man, get up out my chair. You know, it's like hey, Dad, the dude's name is Larry. <laughs> Larry, whatever your name is, that's my main man. So I would do that, and people would go, "Whoa, you got too many main men." No, I didn't. They're all my main men.
0: They're all my main
3: men. Yeah, so that was always that was always good, and they were, you know like I say, there's there's special. We have a special relationship. Every time I see you, every time we do things, it's just a mean, because I watched you, I watched you and your mom, I watched all that come through. I feel like I grew up next to you, right? I mean, I've known you for so long, right. and these are the lasting, wonderful things that came through from that show. But we wouldn't have had that show we probably would have never met.
0: Right. Because I sure, my, my mother and I, every so often, we talk about the interview we did at the Olympics on the boat, where we pretty much, we were like, I was like probably two more minutes from being seasick. <laughs> it, it was uh, it was just, it was unbelievable. I, and I tried to keep it together like, yes, I'm focused. Yes, I'm going to answer your question, but like I might need a minute to, to throw up over, overboard. Like it was just it was yeah. awful. Oh. That. oh, terrible.
1: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got
0: Sports are back and you can find all the action on FanDuel. NBA is right around the corner. Whether you've been with FanDuel for a while or you're new to the experience, FanDuel has two great ways to win that you won't want to miss. First off, FanDuel is adding $10 in free bets to every account. No deposit required, no strings attached. In addition to your $10 bonus, FanDuel is also giving you a day of risk-free betting. That means you can place any bets you want on baseball, basketball, and hockey and get up to $100 back on your total losses. If you already have a FanDuel Sportsbook account, then you're all set. Just use your $10 bonus and day of risk-free betting before they expire on August 2nd. And if you've never tried FanDuel Sportsbook, then what are you waiting for? Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started and be sure to sign up with promo code WING so they know I sent you. That's promo code W-I-N-G. 21 Plus, present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, West Virginia, and Colorado. Offer ends 8 to 20 $100 max refund issued in site credit and expires in seven days. $10 $10 bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires on 8 Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET.
2: So, Ahmad, I want to ask you, you guys talked about Vince being on your show and all that. What were your initial impressions of Vince when you saw him coming into the league? And obviously, you know, coming out of Carolina, there's like the Jordan. You know, is he going to be like him? Did you ever think anything like that? And what do you think of Vince?
3: Vince was his own man. He was not trying to be like anybody. He was trying to be like Vince. And he was uh, enthusiastic. happy about life, glad to be there, and just, you know, there's a certain, there's a certain something about people that enjoy their work. I had a coach one time tell me, I don't know, one day it was a hard practice during the summertime, two days, that kind of stuff. He walked up and me and said, you know what? You got to be happy in your work. You just got to be, I mean, that's what you do. You're one of the best people that ever do it, be happy in your work. When I think that, I think of this. Because he was always happy in his work. And and uh and such a great athlete and a really nice person. You know, no phoniness, no, he wasn't he wasn't uh slick. He was just, he reminded me of like my little boy that grew up next door to me. He <laughs> was <that> saying this? <laughs> this, yeah, that this hey what's that? he was bad. It wasn't what you see is what you got. There was no phoniness to him at all. So and, and, and that's not true for everybody that came out of North Carolina. There are a lot of people that come out of there with a huge ego about something that they didn't have nothing to do with them. You know, there's a lot of people that way. He was never that way. Never that way. Always, you know, you can tell this. this his mom raised him well. Always proper, always kind, you know, but don't try to guard him. <laughs> that's, that might be something you might not want to do. But you certainly left to go to have dinner with him or hang out or whatever that was. And he was, uh, he was one of my guys. You know, I had a few guys that were my guys. He was definitely one of my guys.
2: He is that, all that, a good guy, no phoniness. What you see is always what you get, even That's if he it. doesn't it's like my I jokes, got. but it's fine. That's
0: all I got. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's all he's got. Um, I want to ask you your show. So Kristen Ludlow and Grant Hill took over Inside Stuff. What did you think about that transition? And, you know, what have you been doing besides Inside Stuff to keep yourself busy?
3: Well, the first part of that question, I'd rather ask you, what did you think about the transition? <laughs> wait, did you see the other one? Could you compare the two?
2: I could not. I was uh, not watching kidding. TV. I like, hey,
0: I was waiting for this answer, like, okay, wait a minute here. I
3: think you mean, did you a great saw, job. I think you did You saw the two. They weren't comparable.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're they are definitely were different. I, I tell you this, I was glad to see it back and, you know, listening and talking to Grant, paying homage to... What, you know, because obviously he was in the league at that time and had that same thought and notion like, hey, if if I'm mentioned, featured on your show, it's, you know, I'm legit. So I, I remember having a conversation with him talking about like, you know, it's it's kind of an honor and trying to pay homage to the great work that, that you did. I mean, obviously nothing's like the original and, and times have changed, internet, and you just kind of just had to jazz it up, you know, to make it fit with today's world and and the internet. Like you said, there was no internet. (laughs) So it just makes it, it has to take a a different path. But, uh, you know, I try not to compare to, but it was just great to kind of see it.
3: I thought they did a good job of doing what they were trying to do. It's just the time was so different. Because of the internet, there's nothing that's gonna surprise you. When when we did that show, we got, you got surprises every Saturday. Mm Every Saturday morning there'd be a surprise. But when the player already has access to whatever he wants to put out, it's out there all the time. So it's better to do a show, but I, you know, I, I sort of wish they would have called it something else. And it would have been better to call it something else because inside stuff is now the internet. So right. and, and you, you have to understand that all the music that we had on there was all the hip hop stuff was right on time, this, that, and the other. Well, now you can get that anywhere. You know, I, I don't even have to go. I don't even have to come to your house to take you shopping. We're going to shoot you shopping in a store and all that stuff. You can just take your phone and do it. So I just think that the times were a little bit different. The league was blowing up during that time of inside stuff. By the time they started doing it, it was already blown up. And it was nothing to do with was one show better than the other. The only thing was it was just two different times of what it was. And and Grant is also one of my favorite people in the world. I've been knowing him since he was probably two years old. playing against his father. You know, his mm-hmm. father used to always tell me, "Man, you ought to see my son play basketball." He said, "Man, how can your son play basketball? You can't play basketball." But he—he he was one of the set shooters. He set shot Calvin. <laughs> set shot. <laughs> <Calvin>. and, <laughs> and Grant would tell me that Calvin used to tell him how good he was. You know, when he played, <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that. Mm. So. So I don't think there was any comparison. Both were very good shows and that's nothing negative about either one. The only Mm -hmm. difference was that I think as the internet came about, shows like that are hard to make work because you have all that stuff at your fingertips.
2: I agree. There's no surprises anymore. You don't find anything out from TV. It's always on your Uh phone and then you find out. Right.
0: I think it's just, you know, it takes, it would take at that point, you know, those relationships like for you if you put your show now in this time it would take your relationship your relationship with MJ to be able to get something if you would exclusive or something you hadn't heard of or a story you hadn't heard of where he would feel comfortable to open up and share that as it would be just a I don't want to say a stranger but somebody he's not as close to so uh, I mean I can I, I mean you you make total sense with what you're saying yeah no it, I, and a
3: lot of times you also with some of the players that we had during that time. Yeah. It was the first time you ever heard him really talk, or the first time you saw him laugh, or the first time you ever been in our house, or the first time you ever seen him go to the store, or the first time, I remember coming the Dikembe, we went to his house, he had just got a new house, he couldn't get, couldn't get in the shower, because it was too low. And I so, remember what, that. and he's so funny anyway, because I don't know what the hell he's saying half the time. Right, right. He speaks 25 <laughs> languages, you can't understand none of them. But, and, he, and we went bowling. <laughs> Was both, we went I both, and his that. fingers wouldn't fit in the ball. So he just held the ball like a screw and rolled it down. But man, he's such a wonderful guy, man. I'm absolutely. telling you, he makes me laugh so much. Uh, and those are the things were great. That show was absolutely one of the best just to hang out with him. He got this mm-hmm. new house. He can't get in none of the doors. In the shower, he can't get in at all. I said, you got to like wash one foot at a time. Uh, but just funny, fun stuff. Now, like I said, I thought the only difference is once you got this, you can right. just do it yourself.
2: Yeah, and today's day, everyone's a sports journalist. You know, as long as you have a Twitter account and a camera phone, you can be a sports journalist. So it's a lot yeah. more competition for ladies like myself as well out there.
3: Yeah. Well, it, well, you know, it. All, it also helped that not only was I doing that show, but I was at every big game. You know, and I worked for NBC. I was a sideline reporter at all those games. So that all... All that put together was like, you know, you got me on Saturday, with wherever that was, you know, you got me. There was only one game of the week then, too. There was one game of the week on Sunday. There weren't, like, big games all during the week. It was one on Sunday. And for a long period of time, it was always Chicago. And I, they used to say to me is, how come you always interview Michael Jordan? Okay, let me explain. My job is to interview the player of the game after every game that I'm at. He just happened to be the player of the game after every, every one. Well, anyway, which, you know, people say, Oh, you just sucking up to Michael Jordan." I don't think I've ever sucked up to Michael Jordan. Have I, been? I don't think I ever done that. Yeah, I don't think so. No. But people <laughs> would say, "So if it would have been somebody else I in interviewed, was I sucking up to them?" I just didn't get it. It was just kind of right. weird. And also, what we talked about earlier about being an athlete too is I had free range in walking into a locker room. Now that's that was different, right? I can mean, walk in the locker room, the coach and be in it. No press in the locker room. I went in any locker room, in and out, and like, and I think that really upset the other press people. But maybe because I work for the NBA, also, you know, so I don't know if that would have had something to do with it, too. But it, it just, I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed myself, I enjoyed all the guys, and it was a great run. It was a great run. What I've been doing lately, I've been in this house for about I think two years. I've been, I've been I can't remember. <laughs> the dates have been going, but I know I've been, I didn't have this beard when I first came in here. When there. you first started. Yeah. My dog so was a you... puppy. As you see now, he's a big ass <laughs> dog. <laughs> ben, hey Ben. Look at him over there.
4: Go that way.
3: Ah. Come on, buddy. There's the a dog. That's the busy. He was a puppy when I first came in this room. He was <laughs> a puppy.
0: <laughs> Uh, do you still get to get out and play golf and all that?
3: Yeah. I can you know, yeah. go. Yeah. I live. Yeah. Yeah. I can go. I play in that evening sometime, but not. Gotcha. You know, those guys are playing 36 every day. I can't do that at all. Yeah. It just don't feel like it. It's too hot. I'm waiting for you to come down. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Don't worry.
2: What's your handicap?
3: Ooh. You can
2: ask me that while he's sitting here. <laughs> 15. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey,
0: that is so far from the truth.
2: <laughs> that's the only golf word I know, so I'm gonna use What's it. What's your handicap? Good. Three.
0: Oh, I got some work. Three. Yeah, yeah. That's good.
2: So you're better than Vince.
0: He is.
3: I didn't. I don't know what his handicap is. It's not, not three.
2: I know that. It's not three. It's and she seven.
3: said she don't know anything about golf, but she knows yours. Not but she knows person. that.
2: <laughs> I gotta it's keep a, ammo. There's not a lot a of seven. stuff I can say about him that's negative, so I gotta keep it. You know, he's like everything's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I see. I got to drop it where I can. Um, yeah. You mentioned going into locker rooms. I'm sure, especially back then, locker rooms had to be crazy. Can you give us a story about like a really crazy or really intense locker room moment that you experienced?
3: It's like we were talking earlier, having been in and out of locker rooms. You sort of know when to and when not to. You know mm-hmm. when it's getting a little bit, you know, if anybody's arguing or yelling or doing anything like that, that's the thing you need to go on out the back and not be around. Because what happens is, it's like a family. And if somebody from the outside comes in, you're getting yelled at by a coach and embarrassing from that guy that ain't on the team in there. You know, it's like if you're, if you, it's like, if you ever, they don't do this anymore either. But if you're at the store showing out and your mom popped you in the head, they don't do it anymore because you go to jail. Yeah, you
0: can't, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, boy. You see, I mean, I, you see me duck just did, like, I
3: can't, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> and so now you'd be mad at the person that looked at it, it was looking, It's like, why is he in there to see this? Mm-hmm. So that was, that was kind of it. I wasn't, you know, there was no obstruction on my part. The guys sort of went with it. It wasn't like they have odds in the locker room. It was, I knew where and where not to go, you know, so it was kind of those kinds of things. And I wasn't ever looking for a story. You know, I never had a story coming out of the locker room, but I had an understanding with all the guys, and I didn't know exactly what happened a minute ago, buddy. (laughs) Amon,
0: what year was your last year uh, really working as a sportscaster?
3: I don't know. I I think that I've been at the NBA, though, for...
0: Yeah, I mean, you've been around for... for... Still. Like I see you I see you at every finals, like the whole series. I see you all the time, you know.
3: So. I, I know, I still work, but I still work with the NBA I've been working with him since, 19, uh, 90, since 1990. uh Since nineteen ninety.
2: Wow. Right before I was born. Sorry, I just wanted to age y'all real quick. Um <laughs> Yo, I was twelve, I think. You were twelve, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I was
3: And you know, after that, once I start doing specials, you know, I do specials rather than doing, you know, the show. And I like that. I enjoy doing specials. Um, And just from time to time, I'll come up with something and and, and sort of do that. I always, I'm always at the finals because I work for NBA Cares and I end up having Mm -hmm. to do the the events that they do around that. Or Mm -hmm. we do in South Africa, where they go to South Africa and do the NBA Cares thing there. I sort of do those things too. And uh, all the preseason games that are in all the other countries, I go and host the things that they do in those countries. And the Tech Summit, which is every year during the, during the All-Star game, I've been doing that for 25, 30
0: years. So this year, this this final is going to be the first time in a long time that you're not really at the finals and doing your thing. Yeah, um,
3: it'll be the first time and I don't know how many years. Right. Although maybe, I may, I may show up. <laughs>
0: so somewhere so you, over there
3: you can't hide anywhere everybody knows where to find you you're at home right <laughs> so, or somebody calls you and say hey man are you busy uh, yeah,
0: busy yeah. No, no, no I'm not <laughs>
3: not busy but I'm not getting on a plane right
2: that's hard right now, too, because people are like, hey, can you do, are you busy? Can you do this? And, you know, they know you're just in the house, but sometimes you just don't want to do it, you know?
3: <laughs> That's right. If they say that, then they don't want to do it. You, <laughs> you don't have nothing to do. Right. They, well, yeah, you don't have nothing to
2: do. I know you're just sitting home doing nothing. I got a phone call. Um I want to ask you about The Last Dance and kind of your involvement with that. And obviously, for as much as you can give us about your interview with Michael about gambling and the sunglasses, whatever details you can give us, I'll take them all.
3: Well, let's see. The interview with the sunglasses is and always has been funny to me and him because I tried to make him take them sunglasses off just because of the subject matter. <laughs> it's like we talking about gambling, you got them damn son, look like you just came from Vegas, man, take them glasses off. He goes, no, no, man, let's just do it. Let's just do it. So I was like, okay, let's just do it. So you saw how it looked, but it was supposed to be about the subject matter. You know, it was about the subject The thing I remember most about that is I got killed by the press by saying I asked him soft questions. I didn't, you know, I, I was too, I'm too close to him to ask him those questions. Let me clear that up, and if I didn't clear it up in that thing. What, I was going over to the arena. Michael called and he goes, hey, man, let's straighten this whole thing up about this gambling thing. Can you get a camera and then come and do this interview? I said, yeah, I can get a camera. I get a camera. So I called the truck. I talked to Dick Embersall, who's the head of NBC Sports. I said, Michael wants to do an interview and, uh, about the gambling and about all that other stuff. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to write all the questions. I don't want to write any questions you write all the questions and I'll ask him whatever you got on there for me to ask. If there's something else that I need to ask, I will, but I just want to make sure that I don't get panned tomorrow by going, ah, I'm shot. He's just taking, he just riding his jock and not really asking me any questions. I said, I don't want that. I, I want the fact that these are the questions we're there." So we sit down and do the interview. I ask him all the questions that are on that paper. I turn around, they're all in the room. And I said, is there anything else? Don't let him go. Is there anything else that you want me to ask him before he leaves here? So we got this thing under control because I don't want it to look like I want it to know that we as a group interviewed him and we as journalists interviewed him. And so I want to make sure that everything's straight. So he goes, you know, I think we got everything. So Michael gets up and goes in the game. And I mean, I get blistered. How in the world can NBC have a moderate shot interview with Michael Jordan? He's too close. His friend, he's this and that. I didn't ask him any hard questions. and this, that, and the other. And that one person at NBC stood up and said, "Well, yeah. we, you know, we wrote the questions." I was so pissed off. I'm pissed off to this day. <laughs> it's like, it's like, wait a minute. There was one of my questions. I, I didn't. You, you gave me the question. So that was what that thing was about. It only lasted a minute. I couldn't. Uh, I never harbored on anything too long. Seriously, I didn't harbor on it too long because. The next week we had him again, and it was just one of these things where all the journalists that didn't get a chance to talk to him, and they saw me always having him, they didn't like me very much. You know, it was just, it was, uh, the jealousy was just so thick. And you can imagine it, is that if they had to stand in a, in a press pool and just ask questions at him, and he answers the ones he wants, and then they see me walk out the door with him in the car, and is that supposed to be fair? I don't know. You know, it's one of those things like, you know, there's nothing else I can really do. I just thought that they should have backed me a little better. Yeah. You know, it's like I brought them in here for you guys. If this is the biggest thing on TV, I brought them in, the whole thing. And then you guys threw me in the toilet with them. So that kind of stuff, I guess, happens.
2: It does. Too much, in fact, actually.
3: <laughs>
0: <Mm-mm-mm>. There's no. A-
2: <sighs> um, well, it seems like you're kind of setting a good standard for my partner, Vince Carter, who is going to be a world-renowned broadcaster here pretty soon. Um, but you guys have similar characteristics, right? Like Vince has, you know, all the respect and people trust him and people want to talk to him and all that. So I'm sure he'll be just as successful. Do you have any words of wisdom for him?
3: Well, I think the one thing that he has that people don't have is he will have relationships that are very important to what you do. It certainly helps a lot when whoever you're going to interview or whoever you're going to do knows who you are on the way in. And it is, there are, as long as he played, there are so many kids in that league that looked up to him as they were growing up that are stars in the league now. You know, when I look at him, it's, it's the guys I knew as kids that are playing now. But these guys, this played against them. You know, he played against them. There's a very mutual respect and, and, and also playing that entire time, the knowledge of doing it. But I think you have all the, you have all the things that's needed to be very, very successful. You have a wonderful personality, nice-looking guy, great with everybody, and very well-respected. Very well-respected, which is a big deal. I mean, you don't have any respect on it, and that's a tough one to do. And, and you're not from that side of television that likes to holler and scream, and the person that screams the loudest is the rightest. That, 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 that's, that's a whole different... I call that, like... That's a bar scene. That's what happened when you go have a drink, and people get drunk and start screaming. And, you know, it's one of those times. That's, that's a whole different thing. This. But this, I think, you, you know, you've got so much stuff. Uh, you've played for a long time. You've played everywhere. Yeah, it should be easy. It should be easy. It'll be fun. It's, it's your life starts over again. When I played football, my goal was to, when I played football and I quit, and I wouldn't do television. My goal was to make people forget about my football. I'm gonna do this so good that they're gonna forget about my football. I might have did it a little bit too good because they did forget about my football. <laughs> yeah. You my accomplished your goal. Old, my daughter came home to school one time when she was about 13. She goes, hey, there's a boy in my school that wants your autograph. He said you played football with the Vikings. Did you? I said, whoa, okay. Shit, let me start bringing this stuff out of the gar- garage. No choice <laughs> out of that garage. So but that's uh, what it is. You just keep moving. It's another chapter. Yeah. And it'll be a wonderful. The last chapter was wonderful. Absolutely right. wonderful. And now you really get now you get the cherry pick. You know, it's it's so much easier to talk about basketball than play it. You know what I mean? And, and saying it's you're favorite. always right. You can't be wrong. So if you do it the next day. <laughs> so it's like, and it's it's just it's just right. wonderful. It's just a nice, you start here, your whole career takes you there, and then you're moving to television. That's so good that you're not nervous. You don't have to play. You know, you only have to talk about it. You know, you don't have, a, my ankle hurts a little bit. None of that stuff. None of that stuff happens. This is the creme de la creme for you, absolutely. You will have a great time, and you still love the game. You still have that, that feeling for the game. You still have to play it anymore, but you can critique it. Right. And you can critique it with um, knowledge. You know how hard it is to play that. If I never played, I don't really know how hard it is to play that. So I can have some crazy stuff. But if you play at any level, doesn't mean you know? It doesn't mean I don't care what it is. Men, women it doesn't make a difference. If you play literally, it doesn't change much. They just get better. The game's still the same. So I think you'll have. I think you'll have a great time. I think you're really going to have a great time. For the next forty can't years, wait. can't wait. I'll still be here. I know.
0: <laughs> still, still teeing off from the tips.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not moving up, not at all. I love it. Golf jokes.
4: Yeah.
3: Well, the joke, the golf joke is, the older you get, you can get to play closer to the hole.
4: And but people that
3: do don't play very well, they play closer to the hole. The really good players play all the way back. There's no one, no amateur player in America that's 70 years old that plays from the back. None. It's going to happen. Except me.
2: You're not 70. <laughs> wait,
3: what? Wait, I, I'm 70. Wow.
0: Yeah. And he hits the ball a long way.
3: I hit it a long ways.
2: 70. God. It's a great wait. game. You and Vince yeah. have like the fountain of youth bottled up or something. My goodness. Yeah, Vince is
0: the that's same. True. He did not either. <laughs> I've tried outside of here.
3: But, you know.
2: <laughs> it's just the, the gray that gives him away. Otherwise, he could still be in the dunk contest.
3: I know. He could, be a, he could still be in the dunk contest. No, I think that you just take that one where you jump over that dude's head and use that. They don't oh, already right. show that. that was a, I showed it on Inside Stuff about a thousand times. <laughs> I said, you won't believe what you're saying. This man just jumped over the top of the dude's head. <laughs> He was, he was Charles McDumbo.
4: Yeah,
0: some days I still wonder. I mean, when I look at him, like I don't. I, don't, I mean, you—if you asked me to do that, or it, if that was possible, I eh, probably not. to Be honest with you. I mean, it just—it have to, like I said, it just have to line up correctly, and then
3: I just look like you just went at it and did it. And it's like Whoa, that's it. I yeah,
0: just yeah, just second nature. Just attack the rim. That
3: was good. Well, you're in. What, what old are you now? Fifty-seven.
0: You? <laughs> <laughs> you okay, Annie?
3: <laughs> you
2: laugh when he says it, but not when I say.
3: It. Yeah,
0: you gotta
2: be fifty-seven, you're somewhere Man. around there. Oh yeah, my goodness! I'm Close forty-three, enough.
0: pushing on forty-seven. Ageless.
2: The ageless yes, wonder. It's only a number.
0: That's all. That's all.
2: Speaking of numbers, 22, I want to talk about the 22 teams that are about to tip off in Orlando. We got some scrimmages soon, but I want you guys, I know this is. They've
0: already
3: started. Yeah. Yeah. I won't show it. Some are on my TV, but they play, they're playing now.
2: So I know this is an impossible question, but I want you guys to tell me who's going to be the champs MVP and one player. I'm sorry. I know, Vince, you're going to hate this. And one player that you're a young player you're really excited to see
3: jeez that's a hard that's question. Really. We'll start with Mary. you mod. It's a hard question because the, the way I see it, we're gonna find out who can coach. and that's mental first thing. toughness. We're gonna find out who can tell who can coach because if you look at a season in the NBA, it's not a sprint. it's a marathon and then people are stronger at the end of the marathon than they are in the beginning. They don't have that luxury now. It's like a short period of time that teams that have to gel and get better, they ain't going to win nothing. The ones that can come and play together the soonest have a chance to win. And what you don't realize in the NBA, the talent levels, the, the, the distance is not like this. The distance is like this. All them guys can play. So then that brings in the coach. Can the coach coach And that short little period of time? You can't go. I'm trying to bring this guy along. You don't have time to bring him along. It's over with in a minute. So yeah. we'll find out how that works. That'll be the exciting thing for me. I think people think, well, you got LeBron and the other guys. Well, they it depends on who can play together. You know, it stars. You got nobody wins a championship by themselves. They got to have people with them that can sort of gel. Do they have enough time to gel? I guess we'll find that out.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. I
3: don't, I, because I, I know sports, and it's like that in all sports. You know, like, like in football, it doesn't even start till after Thanksgiving. So whoever wins five, six games in a row, that doesn't even count. So now in basketball, that doesn't start either until the spring. You know, somebody has – you know, a team that hasn't had a chance to go like this, go like this, and then go right back up like this. Well, there's no dipping. If you dip, you're out of the tournament. Right. So that should be exciting. So yeah, I hope that helps with being not internet- so, so you're going to give me
2: right. – you got zero for three right there?
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. It's, it's kind of hard to 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 judge because it's a lot of uh, variables, in my opinion, that uh, uh, will be a determining factor of obviously health um, injury-wise and in health with uh, the virus because yeah. if any player gets a virus, at some point, let's say at that time, you're down for 10 to 14 days. Done. And depending on the player – and yes. their importance and you know to their team, it's gonna really play a factor. Uh, I think you know a lot of people, I don't you don't hear a lot of people talk about it, but I really feel being in the league for so long and now around the younger generation, the lack of fans, I think is gonna really play a, a, a determining factor because there's a lot of our stars today. That feed off of the fan energy, yeah. whether it's cheers or boos. Yes. You know, when you look in the in the stands after you score, you see somebody pointing at you, you're the man, it's yeah. yelling your name. It's none of that now. Yeah. Now you're looking, you're trying to feed off of the energy of your team. Yes. And yeah, it's great. You look over there, they're gonna clap. Yeah, yeah, get them, get them. But like is 13, 14 guys on the on the, on the bench enough to ignite that, you know. And then there's some guys who just it just doesn't matter, right? They can play in the in a pickup game in the gym by themselves and be just fine. So I think there's a lot of deter- uh, factors. Um, you 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 mentioned who gels the fastest. So uh, I, I think the teams that gel the fastest. I think young guys. You, you, it's one thing just playing. You play all summer. Yeah, hey, yeah, we play all summer. You know, whatever. I, but now it's like you were. It's modified. Yeah. And it's it's a little different. And the scene. You're not playing at the Staples Center. You're not playing at the Garden. You're not playing at. <laughs> you playing <Yeah>. at <laughs> wide world of sports. W- yeah. When there's no well, fans, yeah. so it's what just a lot of things, right? Yeah, so there's no home court advantage, and all of these there things like you're on. saying. So it's just it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's it's a little luck. I mean, you, your talented teams, uh, cream's going to ride to to the top, of, of course. So we know there's a handful of teams, and then from there, it's kind of like uh, who can who can last? Because as you said, you get seven games, eight yeah. games of yeah. uh, of a tune up, uh, plus these pickup games, and then it's kind of go it's go time. So uh, I still think the, the you know, the, the the list of guys prior to the Giannis, um, Harden, LeBron, um, you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, excuse me, yeah. you know, those guys, I mean, you have that list of guys who are always going to be in the conversation for MVP.
4: Right. Yeah. And
0: it just, like I say, I think, I don't know, how do you judge an MVP now on the body of work that was done before? Or is it? Right now, because right now you're the MVP. If you can, if you show uh, that you can get your team to the top through all of this,
3: yes, outside I agree. of
0: everything before,
3: yeah. Uh,
0: right now, like you're you're deemed you, you should be deemed the MVP. You're most valuable because you can keep not only yourself but your team focused with what's going on around you or what's not going on around you.
3: And and you don't get three weeks. Get better. You do get better yeah. now. Right now, yeah. it's a it's a it has to happen now. Yeah, it's a cool. sprint. It's not like, oh, we got a lull and we lost because that happens all the time. You see where teams go through a little low where they lose mm-hmm. five out of seven or some somewhere they got a dip somewhere. Yeah. There's no room for dipping. This yeah. I think should be it's going to be competitive like you know, like when you back in the day when you're in the offseason when you'd have guys out playing and it was like serious. It yeah. wasn't like joking around. It yeah. wasn't like at the end of the game, you don't really care. It was serious basketball. Yeah. serious basketball and the clock anytime you, you sort of condense something like this then you gotta look at it, the clock goes twice as fast yeah, for sure. before you know it is the fourth quarter. Yeah if yeah. anything else is not they got a band singing they got system over there and they got the mm. Chile. they got the whole thing and this is like zoom 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 the game got three more minutes to play. Yes
0: yeah. Yeah.
3: Like very very it should be interesting. To very interesting. I wouldn't bet on
0: none of it Annie who do you have? You're not getting away with that one.
2: Well, y'all didn't have to answer, so I guess I don't have to. We, we did answer.
0: We gave a lot. Of, we gave some reasoning behind it,
3: though. If we didn't pick who was going to win, though. I have no idea.
2: Okay, I will pick three people or three things, and I will pick. Unfortunately, I think the Lakers are going to win it all. Mm-hmm. I think LeBron's going to be MVP, and someone I'm excited to watch and hope that they will play and hope that they'll be back in Orlando is Zion Williamson. So there you go. Easy. And oh, you and said I'm,
0: somebody oh, you said guys that hope to see you play. I mean, I, right now I would I want to see how all of the young guys kind of adapt to this because it's do. just different like you said it's just you're used and and some of the veterans because we're used to you know a routine of not playing that and year. whatever and then all of a sudden yeah, back into it. So uh I'm just interested to see how how like I said how younger teams gel uh, and and make the run. Veteran teams, it's like okay. When you have like a, a Clippers team or a Lakers team who has multiple stars, it's like if one of them's not going, this other star is capable of leading their team to a victory. So yes, uh, it's
3: just and the and younger they, teams that have. And some of those teams that don't have huge stars, but they're scrappy. They, mm-hmm. they don't give everybody uh,
4: problems. Toronto, Toronto, yes. to just going to say
3: Toronto. They don't give people problems because they're so scrappy. They're actually yep. they're playing. They make you don't know, you have to beat them. They ain't gonna beat themselves. Yep. And you, you have a shorter period of time. Mm. <laughs> it's one of those times where they like, okay, go. What team is man, the most conditioned? Yeah, it's like holy smokes, how's this gonna work? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you can have uh, the Lakers with a lot of fanfare and this, that, and the other, but it's gonna get down to the nitty gritty pretty quick.
0: Yeah. So you can't you can't t- uh, exclude the Miami Heat then. I mean, as far no, as no, you're right. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like you said, scrappy. Um, endurance and, and just being prepared. That's just what their you know organization is built on. One,
3: one, of, the, one of the most uh, well-coached team in basketball.
2: Well, I do have to give props to Adam Silver. I don't know how he did it, but they had zero COVID positive tests whenever their last results mm-hmm. were. Maybe mm-hmm. he should be running the country as well. Um, mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. remind people to wear a mask and wash your hands because it's really okay. important and we all want to get back... Vince, you think people should wear a mask? Yeah,
0: I do. I wear a mask, a scarf when I when I golf with multiple people. Um, but when I'm hip, Mod has his. You see
3: that? Oh, uh-huh.
0: Oregon. Oh, the Oregon. Oh. <laughs> I'm
3: yeah. representing. I'm representing.
0: Yes, there you go. So I wear. I have a. I have a, a bunch of them that I, I wear, uh, and obviously wash my hands. I keep hand sanitizer. Keep wipes. I wipe down the carts before I play, you know, all of these things just to just to you know just to make sure.
3: <laughs> it's a commercial. We <laughs> have a and we have this and we Check. have a dog to keep us from going crazy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Three things to get through COVID. Vince, do you have Damn. your mask nearby? Can you put it on? Do you I have don't one? Have it nearby. Okay, no problem. No. All right, well, we think it's really important. We want to get back to regular life as much as you do. So throw that mask on. If you like Vince Carter or Ahmad Rashad, you should be wearing a mask. Do you have any other questions for him before we close?
0: Uh, Last thing, how did that, um, you playing your NBA game, how did that come about? Like, how did that happen? Like, is it something they requested or something you requested or asked to do?
3: David Stern came up with the idea. So they kept saying, we got this football guy coming to do basketball. I said, well, I can play basketball. You it to be a good idea. Why don't you play one of the teams? I went, yeah, I'll play You might have go and I go to weekend training camp and go play. No problem. I don't have any problem with that. And so uh Philly said, yeah, great. He can come here and play with us. So I went down to Philly. It was sort of to show people, it was to show people that I had basketball knowledge doing the show as opposed to gotcha. Gotcha. having a football guy doing the basketball thing. And and it was funny because Charles was there and uh uh oh who was who was uh Manute
0: was Manute was, Manute was, there. was
3: there Yeah. Manute was there and so was uh what a big power forward from Detroit.
0: Oh, 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 uh Mahorn. Rick Mahorn. Yeah,
3: Rick Mahorn was there. And so it was fun. You know, I had a really good time and a good group of personalities that I could bounce off of. And it was a nice um Literally springboard into like, Hey, I'm a modern shot doing inside stuff. And I played the game the other day. And you know what the game was? The game was in Minnesota. So these people went crazy. I was just about
0: to ask you who you played against. Oh Oh, man.
3: When I showed him, you thought I was Michael Jordan.
0: (laughs) That's crazy. How was it for you? Like, I'm sure you're nervous, but it's one thing playing pickup in the summer. It's another thing going through the camp, but when it counts and it's live, did you see it as a like another level, like the real thing? I
3: now the basket
0: back. looks a little smaller no. when you actually shoot. Basket no it
3: looked like the lake. Really? <laughs> like I was going to shoot and keep on shooting. If they yeah. didn't take me out, I would have kept on. I never was nervous one bit at all. That's awesome. I want to shoot That's every cool. time. And plus, you know, I, I must have ran off about four picks to get
0: open. I remember that. I, like you did. You had the triple screen, like the Reggie yeah. Miller triple screen.
3: Why do going to be wide open over here and shoot this shot. But it was, I just never had stage fright. And no, I was not, you know, I wasn't nervous that I might miss it or I might mess up. Like, man, them dudes wasn't better athletes than me. They were better basketball players, but I was mm-hmm. still pretty athletic at that point. Mm-hmm. And it felt better to be in Minnesota because they were all cheering right. for me. True. That's all I thought. I never thought anything negative. And it was, and you know, after messing around with Charles and them guys for three or more days, we were giving each other so much crap once you keep once you get to that point, you're there.
0: You're you're, you're locked in. Yeah, do you uh, remember? Do you remember who was guarding you?
3: Uh yeah, a little dude that what's his name. He was a little, little point guard that was kind of shifty. I, but I lost him on the first pick. He didn't get right. the first pick. <laughs> I, I don't
0: think he he expected a triple screen.
3: Yeah, he, yeah, but he he was mad too that I was even out there trying to guard him. Of course, then you had to talk smack to me. I can't think oh, of his man. name now. Who was that? Minnesota point. Oh man, I ain't left-handed. Kind of a journeyman point guard.
2: So Tony Campbell is the is that guy's name? Tony Campbell. Tony Campbell is his name. And then it says Coach Bill.
3: Yeah, Bill oh Bill Musselman.
0: Musselman. Yeah, Musselman. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he was uh, he was really mad that I was playing. That's why I jogged by him on the way back and go, How'd you like that, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> I had a mic on. I was saying all that crazy stuff.
2: And Tom oh, Thibodeau man. was their assistant coach then, Who? which yeah. is funny.
0: Thibodeau. Yeah,
3: yeah. Thibodeau, Thibodeau was there too. You no, know, I remember all those guys. And Mustafa, I had known him for a long time.
0: Yeah, because his son was at Minnesota, I think. Mm-hmm. You won't see anything like that again. Last time something like that has happened, Uh, fast forward, uh, Master P. Yeah. Uh, Master P played in Charlotte, and then Master P played with us in Toronto. He made it all the way to the final cut, and then that's when we cut him. But he played a couple of games as well, and he was trying to show, yeah, you know, I'm an athlete. I play, and he wasn't terrible. You know, it's just, you know, it wasn't meant to be, but.
3: I think I was 40 years old. I don't remember. I, I, I'm thinking that around forty, but I can still dunk. I could dunk till I was fifty.
0: That's awesome. I hope I can dunk at fifty.
3: But I, I, I high jumped six nine in high school when the world's record was seven feet. So I, my last dunk was I when things. I was fifty years old. I used to go in when we go in and dunk downstairs. That was the last mm-hmm. time I ever tried.
0: Doctor J was still doing the same thing on his every birthday.
3: Yeah, yeah, that, that gets to be a little tougher. around. There's that, too much pressure <laughs> when you get to the point
0: where you can't, right? Of course, <laughs> that's my goal to make it to 50 dunking. Oh, shoot,
3: you're gonna be at winner. least 50.
0: How
3: about when Michael tried to dunk when he was in Washington and missed? I mean, he couldn't get up high enough. Yeah, I, remember, I said, Man, don't ever do that no more. Hey, that was a
0: fear of mine. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you guys, that was a fear of mine. Uh, by going into my last year, it's like you know, obviously, you're gonna miss a dunk for whatever reason, uh, but. You know, when you're on your final uh final year and playing, so every time you miss a dunk, of course it's highlight like, oh yep, it's time. So that yeah, was but my if you miss a
3: dunk. I mean, you're the king of dunkers. So it ain't yeah, like just... somebody else just missing a dunk. If you yeah. miss a dunk, it's like, man, take your shoes off of him, man. He can't play no more. That's it.
0: Believe yeah,
3: <laughs> me. <laughs> Come on and sit down with me. You can have right. much more fun now.
0: Right.
2: And that is another edition of the Winging It podcast with guest Ahmad Rashad. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And
0: leave us with five stars and your requests for the next guest. It'll be much appreciated.
2: And don't forget to wear a mask, wash your hands, socially distance so we can all be together soon. And we will talk to you next time.
0: We out.